Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, but it's a positive thing for the High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Oh, okay, it looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one. Go Shy Yeti. He hasn't found out my secret. I think he has. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Uh, I'm not too bad. Well, uh, today's episode is very, very exciting. Um, you know how it is on, on the Shy Life Podcast. We we have many guests and, um, and and we have guests that return, but we've we've actually got a guest who's never been on the show before. And and even more exciting, this is the first time he's been on a podcast. Uh, drum roll, drum roll. But anyway, I'm going to run the main theme music now. When we come back, uh, we will speak to today's guest, basically. Hooray! It's time for my old buddy, old pal, from across the channel, across the pond, Paul Chandler, the shy daddy. He's not that shy. Oh, he's a podcast. Yeah. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Look, Babs. But that pie, he's not all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> Hello, we're back. Yes, right. So, as I promised, we have a special guest who not only has never been on this show, he's never been on anyone's show before. So, this is we might put him off, or we, we we might inspire him to be on other podcasts. Who knows? It has happened before, well, at least once before. But uh, anyway, special guest, will you introduce yourself, please? Hello, uh, my name is Ryan. I am from central Canada, where it is currently quite cold and covered in snow. So as a Yeti, you'd probably be quite comfortable over here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I think we just don't get enough snow over here. I have to, I have to get, get it uh, um, imported in. It's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 very, it's very difficult. But uh, I will happily ship you some of my snow. <laughs> it's a shame it's you can't pretty, email. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've had snow for. Well, I mean, I've seen like pictures of friends who had snow in the UK, in even the last few days. But I, I can literally uh, sort of think back at like three or four years since I've had some snow and I've actually been able to go out into it. So it gets oh. it's quite rare down in London. But uh. I wish we're having a good year this year for snow. It's only up to about my ankles, but normally I'm like waist deep in snow at this point. <laughs> Dear. Yeah, you must you must be used to it though. So I mean, it's sort of like a rare thing. I get excited and go rushing out into it. Um, if I if I see it, it's like ah, snow. <laughs> <Got to go. laughs> Whereas for me, it's more of a uh, uh, not again snowing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, because um, when I used to do my Shiety on location videos about 10 years ago, uh, one of the very early ones, I, I was at work and it and it snowed like overnight. I just had to go and rush out in my lunch break just to do... I used to do these silly Yeti dances. And, um, oh. <laughs> I, 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 and the idea... Because we where, where I work, we, we, there's a park that's opposite where I work. And it's like... Because like it's in like the centre of London. It, I, you have to have a key to go in this particular park. So I knew that if I went there, I'd probably be one of the first people to, to sort of tread in the snow. So. Uh, the, the the evidence is still there on YouTube, but um, <laughs> you danced your heart out in the middle of the I, I did for a little bit, and nobody saw me. But um, yeah, I, I have I, I don't do yeti dances anymore, not on camera. But uh, I did get caught out once. Well, I nearly got caught out once. Well, because obviously I used to go on location, and then I do a dance. And I was in the Lake District, and oh. I I. I I thought, oh, there's nobody about. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put this like a picnic bench. I'm going to put my camera on the picnic bench. And I'm just going to do a little Yeti dance. And um, and, and then suddenly I noticed there were some, after I'd done a little bit, there were some people coming. So I, I started to swat the air like I was being, a, it was the summer. So I just sort of, <laughs> I was being attacked by a wasp, you know. Um, and I think I got away with it. But uh, <laughs> the, the strange things I end up doing. But uh, anyway, um <laughs> one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today was um, your work, because I think a lot of our listeners will be interested in that. Uh, well, what, what is it you do? Uh, I work in, at this point in time, what is probably the biggest comic book store in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Is that a job you've done for many years? Uh, I've worked there for, what is it, about seven years now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about seven years. And you'd always been interested in, in, in comic books and things, had you? Or was it something that you sort of have got grown to love even more from working? I grew into it more from working there. Uh, mm-hmm. Originally, when I started working there, I dealt with Magic the Gathering and toys. But mm-hmm. as time went on, I kind of turned into like the glorified librarian of back <laughs> issues and got sent upstairs to banishment by myself, where I work <laughs> with all of the or, or where I work with all of the older comics and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's cool. Well, I can understand. I'm a librarian, so um, <laughs> so, 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 so yeah, I, I I get to I get to go down into archives, and uh, I used to have. Well, that's one of the things I used to have to wear like a sh- uh, like a suit and stuff at where, where I work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always got sent down to the archives, and, and I managed to sort of slowly work myself out of having to having to be too tidy because I was like, well, you know, if you want to pay for my my dry cleaning for my suit, you know, having to work with all these dusty old things, then uh, um, oh, we've got a visitor. Hey. Hello, Dee Dee. Yeah, oh. have, you, have you come to... Have you, are you going to say something? Say hello to Ryan. Hello, no? Dee No. No, you can't. You can't because I've got my earphones in. You're going to have to sit down, <laughs> aren't you? You're going to have to sit down. This is very good, very good uh, um, podcasting performance deal. <laughs> I've barricaded the door, so there will be no visitors over here. I'm oh, sure there's going to be dogs breathing at the door at some point in time but i've barricaded the door so they can't come in and yell at me <laughs> well that's what i was going to, actually that's i guess i was going to ask you about uh, um I, I know you've got your dogs um mm-hmm. tell the listeners about your dogs before we go we'll go back to the comics in a minute but uh, sure. um, uh, i have i have three dogs i have mm-hmm. cerberus who is mm-hmm. my dog he's a nine-year-old chocolate lab mm-hmm. uh he's about as useful as a guard dog as a stuffed <laughs> animal yeah um we also have Trip, who mm-hmm. is six years old. He is a rescue from up north. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea what breed he is. I call him a one-eyed what the fuck because <laughs> he's like they. We sent away for a DNA test on him so we could figure out what he was. Mm-hmm. And if you actually look at the DNA test, it's a whole bunch of large breeds. Yeah, and he's like lap-sized. 
Yes. So I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Apparently, if you mix enough large dogs together, you get a small dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last no. one would be Apollo, who is mm. half husky, half something else, and mm. he is a sassy little child. He's like, he's <laughs> a year and a half at this point. Yeah. And you may hear him every once in a while. He'll come to the door and he'll yell at me because the door is locked and he knows I'm in here. So if you hear random squeaking in the background, that's Apollo yelling at me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Do you know the exact ages or roughly? Or? Cerberus I know his exact age. He's nine. Uh, mm-hmm. Trip and Apollo, their ages are kind of a guess. They're both yeah. rescues from up north. So they don't know exactly how old they were no. when they brought them into the no. shelter. But daily 16, which is which even for a cat is pretty good. Oh my. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and, and um, yeah, I, I got him because a friend, his mother cat, although she was only quite young at the time, was, was going to have kittens. And he, I just happened to be there and he said, do you want a kitten? So I said, yes, please. So I knew, I knew him from when he was born, really. And I used to visit his mum before he was born. So. Um, but uh, he's quite a personality because he's a house cat. I think most of my parents have cats, but they... Um, they're, they're sort of outdoor cats, and I think mm. there's definitely a difference um, that with Dealey being an indoor cat. I think he takes on more human sort of characteristics, and, and he, he sort of, yeah, he, he sort of bosses us around more than my parents' cats boss them around. But, uh, Is he very vocal? I find that indoor cats tend to be a little bit more angry yeah. <laughs> with yeah, the yelling. He, <laughs> he, he, he is, but he's, he's kind of got that more recently, I mean, like over the last five years or so. But uh, I think he also, I think he also thinks he's a bit dog-like because if the um, if we have something posted through the the front door, he goes running to the front door to sort of see what it is. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I think though, if he was a real dog, he'd bring he'd be a good dog and he'd bring the mail back. But uh, he just looks at it and sees there's nothing for him and it's like, oh, that's not that's not not for me. Then I'm not bringing it. <laughs> Back. Just bills, all for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so, so um, actually, going back to the comic uh, sure. shop, I, sh- I should, I should tell you my my one experience um, that I had when I think I was about seventeen. There was mm-hmm. this comic shop opened in the town. I come, I come from a town called Salisbury, which is that is the big big cathedral, and also quite near Stonehenge. And um, I, I used to go to. I, I'm sort of wasn't quite sure what I, uh, what I wanted to sort of get into comic-wise. So I suppose this was very early 90s. And um, I, I started going in, and I can get quite sort of... I think this was kind of like an early an, an early sign of this. But I can, if I get into something, I can get quite... You know, I kind of... You know, I've, I went for a stage of being really into Converse trainers, and I ended up buying loads of them in that, in that period. And, mm-hmm. and I can be like that with, with music or with films and... I think I started buying sort of Spider-Man comics, and um, but then one day I went in, and um, the man, the man at the shop said, uh, "Oh, we've got you hooked now. You'll never stop." By. And and I, 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 it just took me the wrong way, and I was like, "He's kind of right," and and I don't want him to be right. <laughs> so so I, I kind of decided because I think there were lots of other things. I, you know, obviously when you're like still at school, you only have a certain mm. amount of money, and I, I was, I was into my sci-fi in Doctor Who, and that was sort of starting to come out on video around that time i think i thought mm, yeah i can see why i could this could be a you know what little money i have is already sort of being squeezed uh and, and so that was the point where I, I never i could have gone on like if he'd not said that to me I, but I, I have dabbled a couple of times i did i did buy some doctor strange stuff uh but the trouble is I, I finding the time i've got so many things i am interested in mm. and so many things that i do want to read but um 
the space the, as well. Comic books start taking up a lot of room after a while. Yeah, yeah. There's one or two times where I've kind of um, perhaps got into things that aren't like some of the things that get turned into to films, but aren't part of it, like a franchise, um, mm-hmm. or, or 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 perhaps less um, less sort of f- famous uh, ones. I can I'll, I'll I'll tell you which ones I mean later, but I can't I can see them from here, but I can't get that because Dee sitting at me. Sorry, Dee's. You're after you're after me later. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. I mean, so there have been a few where I've kind of had, or, or like perhaps graphic novels, which are uh, sort of standalone. Um, mm. And, and um, uh, Ghost World that that got made into a film. I remember I had the actually, I think I um, saw the film of that, but and then went back to uh, and bought the graphic novel and things. But uh, are there are there any uh, sort of stories you have from behind the scenes of working in? in a comic shop or, or interesting characters or sort of types that uh, you encounter i mean <laughs> i've been working there for seven years i probably yeah. have stories for all of the above <laughs> yes. um i mean i can tell you stories of some of my favorite customers yeah yeah one. absolutely um there's one guy who used to come into the store for many years he was almost a rite of passage for the employees that worked there mm-hmm. um i don't think i ever learned his name we no. called him drunk star wars guy <laughs> he was a super nice guy. He would always come in and he'd spend hours just looking at the Star Wars figures, but he'd always come in already drunk and he'd always have a paper bag in his jacket yeah. of what we learned later was his homemade moonshine. <laughs> and he'd love to talk to you, but by the time that he got to you to talk to you, he couldn't <laughs> form sentences properly. So he'd be really nice about it. He'd talk about Star Wars. You get about five minutes of Star Wars, and then his voice would just drop. He'd go from having his regular voice talking about Star Wars to this like demonic growl. <laughs> and uh-huh. he was he was exciting. And it was always yeah. fun to like see the new employees because we're all instructed, like someone walks into the store, you gotta walk over, see if they need help. So you'd see the new employees wander over and you'd never be able to get to them fast enough to warn them. Yeah, and you can see the look of horror like glaze over their face as he starts to talk, and they realize that they're going to be stuck here for an hour, not knowing what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm relatively lucky working in the in the library that I do because it's. Uh, I mean, I say lucky. It'd be quite nice to encounter some some interesting characters, but my mum used to work in public libraries. And that's when you sort of got the people who would come in, who who perhaps wanted to want wanted to have a uh, you know sort of warm their their feet by the radiator in the winter and um, for whatever circumstances that they were, but they they they'd sort of encounter quite lots of lots of different sort of characters. Whereas mm-hmm. I tend to sort of m- most of my customers are quite sort of government civil servant types, quite sort of. Mm-hmm quite serious and and you don't get anything you don't get the eccentrics there really but our our biggest public library for about a year had problems with one guy who kept wandering in with axes yeah gosh Uh, presumably they hadn't borrowed them from the axe library but (laughs) i'm sorry sir that that axe is two weeks late you have to pay a fine (laughs) any other interesting characters there's a whole lot of people who come into the store who all have like very specific quirks nerds nerds and geeks tend to be the people on the more fringe side of culture so they tend to be a little bit odd mm. Mm, so you get yeah. the people who come in who are very vocal about one thing and one thing specifically and if you if you try and change the topic it is forcefully dragged back to that one thing they want to talk about yeah as as 
you know and the listeners know i'm i'm a doctor who geek and i have been for like 40 uh, something years probably mm-hmm. um since i was about six so um I don't know if I'm just lucky or whether Doctor Who fans do tend to be sort of interested in, in lots of other shows as well. They might have Doctor Who as their central thing, but I'm also involved in a podcast called Round the Archives, which is all about old TV of all sorts of things. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think this part, I, it could just be my, my my gang of friends, but I think because when the show went off the air in, in 89, you kind of, uh, originally, you can't kind of had to find other things to to like and i suppose you, you sort of went to think perhaps that oh that that guy directed doctor who and he directed this program and, and or, or or that that actor was in, was in doctor who and is in this program and i think i think we sort of gained to sort of obscure things if you if you were able to get hold of them uh but yeah i, I don't know if if that's the same with um with it with sort of every type of fan but is there anything that you're a massive fan of a particular area of, of fandom or or in comics particularly that, that that you 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 collect or um not particularly i have a tendency to just collect whatever catches my eye there are specific <laughs> artists that i will buy whatever it is they put out if i see it but for mm. the most part because i work in a comic book store i don't yeah. buy things at random no. i get i get the rare luxury of being able to read the first five issues before i decide yeah. if i want to buy yeah. it or not yeah is um start reading the walking dead um when it i think when it was on tv i saw i saw it that way around and i started buy, i started buying the the comic books but i know, I know with that one there was a different artist involved with the first few um editions um mm-hmm. and i really liked that that style i don't know anything about walking dead fandom is probably i'm probably saying the wrong things but i really like that <laughs> i really like the artwork on those early editions and, and when it changed um i i was left keen on on that illustrator who's more well known for for illustrating Um, i'm i'm very bitter about the walking dead the walking dead is one of those things that when i was young i walked into the comic book store and i held like number ones in my hand Mm. i was like i don't want to read this i love robert kirkman i hate the fact that this is black and white Mm. and then about seven years later i realized that those number ones that i had held in my hand that i could have bought for two dollars were ten thousand dollar books going back to those comics that i bought from that shop uh in salisbury back in late uh, 80s um i don't know if it's just because that they have been reproduced or whether the person i was offering them to um preferred digital things or i'm not really sure but i was very very chuffed where i thought well you know i i i kept those comics for years and years i i I never sort of um became a fan of them but i one one year i thought ah that that friend of mine he he loves comics if i give him a a load of 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 spider-man i knew he likes spider-man if i i give him these for his birthday then he's going he's going to be over the moon because they're quite 30 years old now or whatever but um yeah i don't know what i did wrong but he he kind of he looked at me like i was giving him sort of like why are you giving me those so i <laughs> I, I don't i don't know why whether that they were so pop so they were so common and he had them already or you said it was the early 90s when you started collecting those right yes yeah so yeah. i can tell you exactly why he was <laughs> uh a little weirded out by it uh in the early 90s is when the comic book industry started getting a little ahead of itself 
Mm. And print runs for comic books went from things being in, say, the hundreds of thousands to the millions. Mm. So pretty much everything that started coming out in the 90s is so easy to come by. It has mm. no real value. Yeah. And the 90s was also the era of, like, random gimmicks. That's when they started doing foil covers, hollow covers, lenticular covers. <laughs> and there's just so many covers and there's so much stuff out there that there's yeah. very little from the 90s that is actually that actually has a lot of value. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it must must be so because you know they were nicely kept. They were still in their plastic wrappers. Mm. And they were, uh, you know, there were some shiny ones, and there were some uh, at. Um, yeah, well, that, that, that reassures me at least that it's probably just, it's just <laughs> you know, I didn't do a bad thing. I just, you know, it was probably just a very popular period that I was well, trying to offer him. But... Just from that period. Yeah. It's, it's funny because if you started collecting maybe about 10 years later, the comics that you had given him would probably be worth a lot more because mm. right after that about 10 year period, the comic industry collapsed. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so mm. everything went from being printed in the millions to being printed in the thousands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was talking to you offline um, yesterday, and I was asking you whether you knew about um, the the comic book side of, of Doctor Who, and, and you confirmed that you did, which I, pre- mm. I presumed you would. Um, and and I, I'm thinking of doing another an episode at some point with some fr- some friends of mine. One of them who I'm still sort of introducing him to Doctor Who because because he just hasn't had a lot of exposure to it. And it suddenly occurred to me, actually, yes, he probably doesn't know about the comic side of it at all. But um, um, you know, it has a sort of history going right back to the 60s and but then you've got the the marvel um comics from from the Ooh. late 70s which is sort of where when i was that six or seven year old i um i got like the doc it was doctor who weekly then it was doctor who monthly and they always had a strip and um the the, the bad thing i did was though um is is that they used to also not connected with the comics but they used to have it like an episode guide and mm-hmm. there wasn't like a, a published episode guide of the show that i could go to a bookshop and buy so i, I cut them out <laughs> and I, intending yeah intending to put them in a scrapbook which of course i never did i still have like doctor who magazines going back from the 80s and i my my mum still gets them for me from from the same news agents even though i don't live with them anymore and haven't done for like 30 years but um every time i go home she's like here's some more doctor who magazines they've been doing them a long time and i guess they must have compiled them into different eras anyway uh do you get much doctor who merchandise or have you at different times not anymore the bbc has an iron fist Mm. on a lot of the doctor who stuff so you can only get stuff that's for the current doctor and it's very limited that we what we can get over here yeah like i can get some sonic screwdrivers and some other random stuff but for the most part most of the doctor who merchandise can only get on your side of the world it's difficult to sort of keep up with what it's doing in other countries when peter capaldi was the doctor i was sort of hearing that this was the first time in america that it was being pushed like a a sort of netflix level show rather than being um uh, sort of on a a cable channel or whatever yeah Uh, it was a little bit more fringe and mm. then when Capaldi hit, that's when they were trying to push it a lot here. And then when Jodie Whittaker took over, they were still trying to push it. And then things kind of happened, mm, mm, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, I, I can't remember sort of how how it was how it's been screened in in Canada um, over the years. Was it bigger than cable level uh, over there? Uh, it was just a cable show until. Mm probably uh oh i'm terrible with names the doctor before capaldi 
Uh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Mm, I should remember yeah. that. He's one of the most popular doctors. Uh, <laughs> Matt Smith was when it really started to get pushed here. That's when it started, like, it's you'd see it pop up in theaters and stuff. People would have screenings. People would have parties every time a new episode would come out. That's when it really started to take off, at least in North America. Yeah, yeah. Back in the... Back in, again in the in the late eighties, in the Doctor Who magazine, they were doing um, uh, like uh, people who wanted to have pen pals could have it. You could just write in and say, "I, um, I you know, I'd like a pen pal. My name is this," and they would. And I, I got loads of pen pals when I was like, I don't know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and then I got then there was a bit of a gap where perhaps a year or two after the advert, I got a couple of people from Canada and America. Um, and Australia, who perhaps seen because so, the, so the, the magazines and things were, and, and the show was getting over there. It was just it, it was a real niche thing, um, uh, and, and I ended up sort of meeting people um, who I still sort of you know, in contact with to this very day. But uh, you wouldn't even get that now. You just you might get on a, a, a chat room or, or an mm-hmm. email or something. But uh, not only was I spending money on 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 videos and music and and comics briefly, I, I was also having to find the money for the stamps for my for my pen pals. <laughs> uh, well, you'd have uh, for comic books and stuff like that. At least you'd have very different things uh, available to you at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's available in the UK that doesn't make it here. Things like the 2000 AD stuff for many years didn't come over here. Uh, you have an entire publishing service that only just started. coming coming over here maybe two or three years ago called Humanoids, mm-hmm. which puts out the, like, Jodorowsky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, this is such a big, such a big world. Even just sort of, um, if you're interested in a particular comic, all the crossovers, I was always kind of fascinated by that. I could see that's, that's also where I would have got sort of, it, it, my bank manager would have been after me because I think I would have been very much sort of interested in you know, when characters crossed over to other into other series. Mm. Um, even in the even in the world of podcasting, I have one or two shows where we do crossovers. And uh, um, but I, I I don't know. I don't think I'd ever have been very good at. Um, like if if I was running my own comic, because when I do crossovers on 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 podcasts, I always kind of say to the other person, well, you know, if you're going to put stuff on your show, I want to be able to kind of perhaps repackage it a month or two later mm-hmm. uh, for for those people who haven't. This, I know we want them to listen to your show and vice versa, but uh, I, I think I'm a bit sort of as a as a creator, I, I kind of uh, want to sort of keep keep my stuff that i've done in my own world as well so, uh, mm-hmm. so we um so luckily my my, my friend uh, he's, he's fine with that he says yes just use what you need and so, uh, but it makes know. sense you creatively want to put your own thumbprint on something that you had a part in making yeah and, and i think from from the librarian part of me is worried that what might happen to the stuff that i haven't you know i'm responsible for the things that i've made and i i keep an archive of a few of the podcasts that i really like and i i sort of download you know all the, all the shows that i'm in on their on their shows mm-hmm. also a lot lots of their episodes because i'm kind of thinking you know, you know what happened to the bbc bbc tv from the 50s and 60s and 70s it got a lot of it got wiped including lots of doctor who and i don't want i don't want people turning around in five years time we go well oh, sorry i don't have that show anymore because my my hard drive blew up or whatever but <laughs> it's a it's a much much smaller scale obviously but mm-hmm. i still have that sort of <laughs> archivey side of me but, so when it comes to sort of films or tv um what what sort of genres do you particularly like what what are your favorite 
shows or or films. I, I know that you're you're into horror as well, aren't you? Yes, uh, I have a tendency to gravitate towards horror and science fiction. Mm-hmm. I have a, <laughs> I definitely have a love of bad horror, horror esque science fiction movies from the '90s. Things yeah. like Virus and. Um, Oh, I'm blanking now because you asked me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Event Horizon, mm. The Abyss, The Sphere, a bunch of stuff like that where it's kind of science fiction esque, but it's also trying to sort of scare you. Yeah. And it's also really cheesy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like a cheesy film. I think that's the trouble. When people hear that you're a Doctor Who fan, they think, oh, you must like every type of science fiction. And I don't like, hate. Uh, you know other science fiction things but i do quite like stuff where it's uh, like stuff comes to earth or mm-hmm. or, or, or or things um I, I i don't think i'd probably you know end up reading really really serious sci-fi um i, I probably like the the more horror sci-fi um I mean stuff like doctor who goes into lots of different genres anyway but uh, mm-hmm. um i feel like that's kind of the draw of doctor who it kind of touches everything a little yes yeah yeah um yeah, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to about ten years ago was a was was one that was just uh, about slasher movies, mm-hmm. and um, although and I liked one or two slasher movies, but now I know how many more were out there than I ever realised. Plus all the subgenres and the sort of European stuff from the seventies, and um, so I sort of have got a fondness for that. But that sort of developed out of. Yeah, I, I like things like Scream, and I like things like Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth. But I haven't mm-hmm. watched a lot. Uh, but a bit, I suppose, a bit like comics. You, you can sort of like things on a surface level, but then if you start going into a particular area, you really often find how much more there is to explore. I've been watching a couple of shows on Netflix, which say they're based on either manga, comics, or yeah, or, or sort of comic books of different sorts. The what one is um, uh, called Sweet Home, which is uh, it's, it's I think it's Korean and it's um, but it's dubbed and, and it's got sort of, sort of these people trapped in this sort of tower block and there's things going on outside. But it's oh, not. Oh yes, yes, yes. I've seen this one. Mm. This one is uh, this one is based on a manga. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, it, it's quite interesting because it's not zombies like you think it would be it's all sorts of different monsters and and um yeah i've I've quite enjoyed that and i'm watching another one called alice in borderland um Mm -hmm. and that and that that's interesting as well um makes me wonder what the comic book um versions would look like but uh, they usually are really weird That's yeah. been happening a lot recently where they've been taking comic books and manga and turning them into TV shows. There was some more um, mainstream ones that came out a little while ago. There was October Faction, which is based on a comic book. Uh, Lock and Key, which is actually based on one of my favorite oh, yeah. comic books. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did see some. I did see some of that. I don't know. I think I got... Sometimes I start about three or four shows, which I really shouldn't do all at once. I should watch them one at a time. <laughs> and then you sort of end up getting something else happens. Or, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, I remember... I, yeah, I enjoyed Lock and Key. What I've seen, I have to go back to that. Umbrella Academy was also based uh-huh. on a comic book. That's one of Gerard Way's comic books, because that's what he apparently started doing after he stopped doing My Chemical Romance. He started <laughs> making comic books. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I, again, I started, I started that, but sometimes... Um, yeah, sometimes you don't always get it the first time around or the first episode, or you're watching, mm-hmm. or, or if you like me, have watched four different first episodes on one night. You, you find just sort of, uh, yeah, you can't watch all four at once. But. I have a personal rule: I have to watch at least three episodes of something before I decide if I want to continue it or if I want to watch something else. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a wise thing. <laughs> uh, 
I still have a lot of DVDs and, and physical media. I don't know what you're like with things like that. Are you all digital these days, or all because or? Or do you still like physical stuff? Mostly digital for me. I used to buy a whole bunch of physical stuff. And now that I'm no longer living alone, I realize that I don't have space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's all uh, digital media at this point in time. I'm a dirty pirate. <laughs> I think the only thing with me is that because I like some more obscure things, the only way to still to buy um them is is in physical because they haven't they're not available in some some of the um uh, the the slasher films and things mm-hmm. that that that's the only form they're coming out on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes you can find them, but you have to dive into like the really shady parts of the internet, and you don't really know if you want whatever it is you're downloading actually on your computer. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't think my laptop can cope with that. It's, it's it keeps going to a blue screen with an unhappy face, and I I, I think it's because I I um, yeah I mean I've always got different podcasts going through the the, the, the laptop, and I, I you know as soon as I finish with it, it goes onto a, a drive and I take it off the laptop. But it's yeah I, I think I do put my laptop through a lot. It's the same thing as when I used to do all my videoing um, and do do my the show I used to do with friends in the nineties. Um, mm-hmm. The first time I, my video camera sort of um, needed to be repaired, the guy the guy in the shop was like, "How old is this camera?" It's and I said, "It's like two years old." He said, "It's like it's it's worn down as if you've had it for like five five plus years." Uh, but then, <laughs> but then you know, I, I did use it a lot. I, you know, I, I was using it all the time, which I guess most people with a video camera don't use it um and that sort of regularity but uh, um i have a video camera on any of my computers there's i think in the room that i'm sitting in there's four towers and i don't think any of them actually have cameras attached to them yeah yeah. so that's one of the things with doing the podcast when i started i I thought i want to do it in a way which is 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 sort of mobile as possible and also as Mm -hmm. As, as easy as possible because I like doing episodes like we're doing today but I also like taking my a recorder out and um, you know doing a travelogue or doing um, or going to meet somebody who might be at their, their place and you can't take all your equipment or, mm-hmm. and I also like to sort of be the the the, the basic side of podcasting for what to uh, show how easy it can be done if you want to do it you don't have to have loads of it, it doesn't have to be really expensive um, I, I mean I I record loads of my show on my my iphone and uh, um and and it's been a very sort of it's been pretty dependable and um and it's you know it's pretty pretty good source of recording but uh, mm-hmm. the other thing the other thing i i find with um like liking old tv is i have a thing for um kind of bad australian soap operas mostly from the 80s uh and um the, there's one particular one that i've been I, I've seen. I saw quite a lot of it years ago, but I've never seen the whole series. And it's finally the, fan, the fans of that show have finally um, managed to get it to come out on DVD. So uh, I've got all that to buy. That's going to be. They're going to release. Hopefully, release the whole thing. So each box set is about two hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. And I'm having to get it sent over from Australia. And um, <laughs> um, I mean, I think if I'd have, if I'd have been in the right place at the right time, I probably could have got it downloaded off off, off YouTube. But unfortunately, it's one of those shows that's up and down and mm-hmm. currently isn't available um but anyway it's nice to have it in a good format well when you get it in physical form you can sit down and have a month-long viewing party <laughs> yeah well that's kind of what i have i've been doing in the i, I do find that you know I, i'm sort of watching horror films and then i've also been watching things like dynasty and stuff like that because i've never seen it and i just kind of i do love um i love cliffhangers which is probably fits in with the doctor who thing and i i like sort of 
ridiculous soaps with ridiculous storylines or evil twins and all that sort of thing. When you hear people talking about what they've watched during during lockdown, I, I found that a lot of people have been watching comedy, but uh, I don't think I felt in the mood for, for, for comedy. Um, but so, uh, Understandable. Have you watched more more films and TV? During the- <laughs> I've watched so much. We've been in uh, shutdown for two months at this point, mm. and I think it actually just got extended a couple more weeks. For the most part, I've been watching uh, Star Trek. <laughs> we yeah. watched all of Deep Space Nine. We're almost done Star Trek Voyager. We've been slowly making our way through the old Star Trek movies. Yeah. Um, for some reason, we just decided we were going to watch Star Trek. Yeah. I've watched so much Star Trek. <laughs> uh, you'll be dreaming about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was going through this old Australian um, TV website, I found um, it was pretty bad quality, but it, it looks like in about 1969, 1970, Australia did. I'm not really sure watching it, whether it was for kids or for young adults. This would have kind of t- around the time that Star Trek finished in America but was probably only just starting to be shown in other countries because I don't think mm-hmm. Britain got Star Trek until about 69 or 70 and, and anyway there, there was this version that um, the Australians did it was an original thing but you could see what the influence and all of the sort of uniforms were very Star Trek and and, and and unfortunately you could also see they didn't have the budget to do the monsters and <laughs> People with bits of bits of beard stuck on their face, or, or like like sort of weird coloured beards, and and and, and you know, um, the and original I, philosophy on it's an alien. It has like one thing sticking out of its forehead, therefore it's no longer <laughs> human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in the eighties and nineties, on Sunday lunchtimes, they used to show um, things like well, the Irwin Allen shows from America, from the mm-hmm. things like Lost in Space, and and uh, I, I always remember um, that sort of in the second series of Lost in Space, there were a lot of monsters that were basically men with tights on their heads. Uh, (laughs) So so much so that when I did my spoof show in the 90s, I got my my friend Harry to put a stocking stockings over his head, and and we, and we said he was a robot or something. He was, he was uh, yeah, he was quite he looked quite <laughs> it, looked, it, looked, it looked awful, which is what I was looking for. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was sort of inspired by. Uh, oh, Deanie's back. Hey, what are you inspired by, Deanie? What's your favourite show? Hmm? Do your dogs like watching TV? It's a stupid question, but but I find that Dee Dee is very interested in TV. He'll sit and he, he almost looks like he's watching... Um, I don't know whether dogs like TV as much as cats do. But, uh, yeah. If there's a dog on screen, all three dogs will be very interested. But for <laughs> the most part, when we're watching TV, that's just that's when they want to cuddle. Yeah, <laughs> they're excited. Yeah. We're sitting on the couch. It's time to curl up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. TV's like that when I'm podcasting, aren't you, dear? <laughs> so uh, I think I have a visitor. I can hear heavy breathing under the computer room door. So either a dog <laughs> has come to visit me, or I'm about to get murdered. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, it's a dog. <laughs> um, I was also going to ask you about um, music. What? Uh, well, I, I know we've, we've had a little talk about it, but um, what what music is sort of your favourite? Uh, I listen to pretty much everything. I'll listen to opera. I listen to classical. I listen to hard rock. I listen to metal. I have a tendency to gravitate towards the more, I guess, it would fall under the indie flag. Mm. Weird stuff like, say, Fisher Spooner and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, well, I've got some Fisher Spooner myself, but um, yeah, I kind of I, I started off 
um, with, with sort of ABBA and the Beatles, and then I worked from there onwards um, because I think um, I, I, going back to when I was a kid, my um, mum and dad would sort of Christmas you'd get like a you know their their musical taste they'd be or, or things mm-hmm. they thought thought that they could that, that they wouldn't mind if you liked that sort of thing, and um, but they were very much sort of greatest hits type people and whereas I was sort of like oh now I like the Beatles I have to have everything they've ever done when it was ABBA it was sort of okay I've listened to everything that ABBA's ever done now I have to to buy music by other bands who are two men two women or (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think the reason I got into such like a wide array of music is when I was young uh, I was in a very religious family so the music I was allowed to listen to was very limited and then I got to that stage where I was able to listen to whatever I wanted to and I had that moment of there's so much yeah <laughs> I need yeah. everything yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a bit like that now with them um, sort of I don't have Spotify but I have I think I have uh, Prime and uh, there is so much it, it, it's, it's like someone's opened the the um the shop doors of a record shop and just said download anything you like somebody only has to mention somebody i've not heard of or someone a bit obscure or and i'm like oh i wonder what if i've got any of the access to any of that but then it's finding the time to actually listen to it which is the problem but i mean i was always allowed to listen to pretty much whatever i like but then what i did like was was relatively sort of easy listening for a lot for a lot of the time um uh, um but I do remember when I started sort of deviating from the bands that my mum and dad knew I liked, I did sort of, like I got a Blondie Greatest Hits, and I kind of hid it under the bed. And, and then um, uh, it was sort of around the time that the Pet Shop Boys first were popular. Um, I bought one of like their second album, and, and that was the first contemporary album I bought rather than buying old stuff. And, and, and um, yeah, so I was sort of a bit sort of hiding away the fact that I was developing beyond just the Beatles and ever. Um, <laughs> During but, uh, the day, I was listening to Neil Diamond and whatever else my parents let me listen to. And at <laughs> night, I had my, my little radio beside my bed with my tape in it, and I would record whatever I could off the radio. Yeah. <laughs> listen to that when nobody was watching. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to do stuff off the top 40. Um, and um, I, and I, I remember the, the, the in the sort of late 80s, there were... Bands like the Bangles I like mm-hmm. because they were quite jangly, and I was listening to one of their albums the other day, and one of the the tracks. If this was, you could almost imagine it being a Beatles song because it was so sort of in that style of sort of jangle pop. Um, but uh, I, I was sort of quite lucky to be at university when it, when Britpop was popular over here. So mm. I did go to a lot of gigs in the sort of mid-90s. Uh, but I've not been to so much recently. But I have, I don't know if it's a lockdown thing, but I've, I, I've sort of, um, my interest in, in vinyl has started to come up again. So I've been buying a, a lot of stuff on vinyl that I already have on digital C, uh, CD, um, you know, in all sorts of formats. Um, and now I'm buying them because they're, Oh, they've released that album I like on pink vinyl. Okay, I must have that. Uh, do I need it? Not really. But, but I want it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't drive, so I don't have a car to look after. I don't mm. have kids. Um, I have daily. But other than that, you know, it gets to the point where, you know, and usually I'd uh, travel more and, and um, you know, go on holidays. You can't do that. So vinyl's one thing you you can do. Uh, at, least, at least vinyl's thinner than 
DVDs and Blu-rays. Mm -hmm. But one uh, of the things I, I also wanted to ask you is things like holidays and travel and things. Have, have, have you travelled much? Have you been... Um, obviously not not recently but uh. <laughs> not not in the last year or so no. uh, i don't travel too much we have family in bc so usually mm -hmm. two or three times a year we'll go over to bc and we'll say hello to family and we'll drive around we'll go to vancouver we'll visit friends across across there but for the most part i don't travel too much i, I often have found that also when i talk to um, my, my american friends that uh, um they, ha they haven't had there's so much to, there's so much to travel to near near you know in the country you're in i think mm -hmm. I, I wonder whether because we're such a small country you kind of get bored of it quicker and you, so you start to think about um about well, let's let's own obviously you know in 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 better times it was easier to mm -hmm. to nip over it's, to europe it's also a lot cheaper for americans to fly say actually it's a lot cheaper for americans to fly in general mm. to 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 fly like maybe halfway across the United States, it costs you maybe 200 bucks for me to fly to the province over what mm. would normally be an eight hour drive. If I decide I want to take a plane is probably a four or $500 plane ride. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it is very yeah. expensive to fly in Canada for some reason. Fortunately at the, at the moment, the only time I've been to Canada was when I was coming back from America and had to change flights. But, uh, um, but I, I do want to, I do want to rectify that one day for sure. Uh, it's uh, a beautiful place. Yeah. Maybe, maybe mm. not central Canada, mm. unless you like really flat land covered in grass. <laughs> you, if you find a hill, you can see for miles. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it actually, it reminds me. I, I was talking about this uh, uh, with a friend of mine that um, it's, it's amazing how many um, American films are actually filmed in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, I always find uh, uh, one of the one of the films I always watch around Christmas is Black Christmas from the seventies, and mm -hmm. I always have to remind myself that actually this this is uh, a, a Canadian film, or certainly filmed in in, in Canada. And uh, I think a lot of those sort of slasher films I watch were were made. I don't know if it's still the case where where a lot of things get made in Canada because it's presumably it was cheaper to do it or or insurance or something maybe um, i don't know we we have a lot of filming in winnipeg for some reason though as far as i can tell 90 percent of it is like uh hallmark christmas films yeah if you walk through our through our like we have a part of the city called the exchange district mm. it's one of the more hipster areas of town um it's very frequently dressed up to look like Christmas with fake snow on the ground yeah, because yeah. somebody is filming some sort of Christmas movie there. Yeah. And then I feel bad for them because they do it in the middle of summer. And <laughs> yeah. if it was the middle of winter, it'd be minus 30. But in the middle of summer, it's plus 30. So they're all in like full winter garb trying to do this Christmas movie looking like they're dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always weird. Um, when you're watching, well, well, when I'm watching my Australian soaps, because of course in, Austra in Australia at Christmas it's the hottest time of the year. So uh, I, I, I'm not very good at being Christmassy, even in a cold country. I really don't know. I could be bothered if it, <laughs> if it was like the height of summer. I, I guess you don't necessarily associate Christmas trees with cold weather though, if you live over mm -hmm. there. Uh, dear, dear. So, um, well, I think we're coming towards the the end of our time. But um, um, yeah, I, I was. I was just wondering. Um, so, 
What's the weirdest bit of merchandise that you've ever seen in, in your shop? The weirdest bit of merchandise? Yeah. Um, sort of strange bit of merchandising that has come off a, like a, a big show or, or, or a big, like a franchise. Or... Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, what is the weirdest thing I've seen in the store? There's a terrifying amount of toys from like the 80s mm. that look extremely phallic, I've noticed. <laughs> our our basement is filled with like it's almost a museum of old toys because this store has been around for 32 30 years at this point mm-hmm. and everything that he ordered from when he first opened the store that he didn't sell is just in the basement yeah so we've got toys from like dune where you'll pull out a box uh an old dune toy from the 80s yeah. and it's a it's a sandworm and it literally just looks like a brown dildo or you'll pull out toys that they put out for the original et movie and it's all like et fingers that look like brown dildos um you'll get toys from aliens for like look it's an alien toy well i mean the aliens and aliens were already designed to look phallic but then you get the toys where once again they look like a brown dildo (laughs) you'll find just boxes of these toys and you open it you have to look twice because you don't know if it's a toy or if you just found somebody's secret stash (laughs) Uh, yeah, when I was doing my sort of spoof series, I used to like if it, when it was like Halloween, I'd buy anything that I could get that was I thought I could somehow work into the story, or mm. uh, or if I went to a jumble sale and there was, and I and I remember finding this sort of uh, strange sort of skeleton um, uh, creature who I think I nicknamed Yorick after the Shakespeare play but um, but, but, <laughs> Alas, but yeah, I just uh, yeah I, I found this this pound shop which had puppets and I so I mm-hmm. thought oh I, you know so I could when I when I want to film but I haven't got enough actors so we can have these sort of we could just say they're voodoo dolls but they so, so so I had them but so I had this skeleton and it was it was years later that someone said oh that's that's um that that's from I think Ghostbusters Two or something. There's must be. Um, uh, there must have been a talking skeleton that appeared really briefly. That was just a, a bit of merchandising. <laughs> and I, had, I, I, I think I saw Ghostbusters too, but I hadn't seen it recently, and I hadn't seen it recently then. But I think very like in the last few weeks, I did actually catch a scene of it, and I was like, oh my god, that's that. Uh, that's, that's, they're right that skeleton that's that was in that film but uh yeah it's sort of it is is weird um i would say i'm i'm kind of um i i think i sort of fell between the star wars films in 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 age mm-hmm. um and whereas a lot of people my age who were there the first time around like a, a year or two older than me and they were there for the first one and because I was born when I was born. I, I was too young for Star Wars, and by the time the Empire Strikes Back um, came out, I'd already sort of discovered Doctor Who, and and, and I think I was sort of one of those people who were like, you know, that that was like, I, like when I when I fell for Doctor Who, that was it. I wasn't interested in anything else. So um, <laughs> I, I I did have some Star Wars toys and much, but I was never as you know as interested as as people I knew who were that bit older or that bit younger. But uh, um, but I obviously liked uh, lower budget <laughs> TV. Uh, no, my favorite uh, show as a as a, as a young lad was Thunderbirds. I, yeah. That that lovely piece of nightmare fuel. 
<laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's it, it sort of, I mean, obviously, being in a different country, but it did get a sort of revival, didn't it, uh, uh, where it was on, because it was made the way it was. It was a, They did show it on lots of TV ch- channels years after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it, saw reruns on, I think it was PBS here. That's when yeah. I. That's where I saw the original Doctor Who stuff as well. Mm. It would be they would play Doctor Who, and then right afterwards be would be Thunderbirds. Yeah. So I'd sit and watch yeah. that for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about the old, like the classic Doctor Who? Do you do you do you like the sort of format where it was sort of episodes and um, the shorter episodes, or would you prefer the, the the way it is now, or do you like both in different ways? I I honestly like them both in different ways. They they each have their own merit. Yeah, yeah. I I, I do like I say I do like the cliffhangers. I um I think, but that's probably because I I grew up uh, with it that way. I, again, I was sort of of the age where Doctor Who had passed being um, at its most successful when I was at school. So, uh, I, I if you found somebody else who liked it, it was sort of. Um, you, know, you, you talk to that person all the time about it. You, whereas I think, again, if I'd have been a little bit older, everyone would have been talking about it in the class. Uh, mm-hmm. at, um, yeah, because I sort of came into it after, so after towards the end of Tom Baker, it wasn't as popular in the in the eighties as it had been. Uh, but uh, uh, Davy has uh, um, he's put himself to bed now. So. Oh. <laughs> I had to replace his bed with. Uh, he, uh, he he has two beds that look almost identical, but uh, and, he, and he can't quite work it out because we, we usually get him a new bed every year, um, mm-hmm. just because you know yeah, it's not that expensive. You may as well get him a new one. But this year we decided to to keep the old one as a spare. And if he if he if he walks from one room at, to the other room, at, he's like, but just a minute. Look, that was in that room a minute ago. How has it jumped ahead of me? <laughs> it's following me. Yeah, you can see he's kind of like confusing, <laughs> confusion in his eyes. But, uh, oh. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Well, Ryan, thank you very much for talking to me. Um, maybe we can talk again about some other subjects at some point. But uh, sure, thanks for having uh, me. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for thank you for telling us all the stories of it. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's much more exciting than working in a library. I can tell you that. <laughs> it sounds a lot more. Uh, I, I like the sound of the all the old toys down in the basement. Uh, that sounds like a setting for a horror film. <laughs> they're, oh. all gonna, they're all going to come alive. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, I definitely have stories of us being terrible people with uh, old toys that we've found. <laughs> we shall save that one. Well, we'll save that one till next time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much, and um, we'll we'll speak to you again soon. Okay. Take care. You too. Uh, guys, 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 why are we stuck in the kitchen? Because Paul is doing an interview. Paul's doing an interview? Uh, well, presumably he's doing it with one of, one of uh, the people we know. No, no, that's the thing, again, Uncle John. He's doing an interview with somebody who we've never had on the show before. Oh, uh, yeah, it's quite, quite, a, uh, quite a coup. Quite a coup? What, is it a bird? No, it's Uncle John, it's not a bird. It's a man, a person, one of his friends. Yes. Yes, like I said, one of his friends. No, but, oh dear, oh dear, the gentleman has not been on the show before. In fact, he's never been on a podcast, ever. Blimey, blimey. Yes, yes, it's quite exciting. 
Paul doesn't get many new guests, so this is a big deal. Are we going to have a drum roll? I don't think we'll have a drum roll, did Uncle John? Well, what about a Swiss roll? Or some sort of jam, jam, roly-poly roll? No, Lady Uncle John, not one of those either. Well, what's the point of doing a podcast if you can't have jam, sponge and custard at the end of it? Uh, well, that's a very good point, Lady Uncle John. Uh, it's a very good question indeed. I guess it is. Oh, yes, it is. But uh, anyway, the gentleman, uh, his name is Ryan. He's from Canada. Canada? Where does someone like Paul get to meet somebody from Canada? On the interweb. Oh, right. Oh, oh yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Oh, so what have they been talking about? All sorts of things. The young gentleman, he works in uh, uh, a comic book shop. A comic book shop? Oh, I wonder if he could get me a discount. Oh, yeah, Uncle John, don't ask him for a discount. I know, that would be rude. He's one of our guests. Oh, dear, oh, dear. What's the point of having friends if they can't offer you discounts? Yes, Uncle John, just be quiet. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Haven't they finished yet? I think they have just finished, but I don't want to disturb them. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, well, it's, well it's good luck, I suppose. It's, uh, I'm very glad that Paul's got himself a new guest. Yes. Oh, I can hear the theme music playing. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Hi, Lady Uncle John. Oh, Lady Uncle John. What? What did I say? I've got to go now. I don't care. Bye. I want to show with you. Got to go. Bye. Goodbye. 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 This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Ooh, such mysteries. He's <laughs> crazy. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. That's great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I have I have a bit of a backlog, but I'll probably release this one sooner rather than later. So sort of. I've done a couple of sort of massive long episodes where mm-hmm. I've done like clips from the best of the best of 2020 and all that sort of thing. Uh, and and uh, so I've still got a couple more bits of sort of end of year episodes and things like that to or beginning of year episodes to put out. And then I'll be back to sort of be able to release whatever I fancy to. So yeah, lots to keep you busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I'm working from home now um, for, the, for the foreseeable future. I wasn't sure because because I work at a college, so I get to be a, a sofa for Dee the next few <laughs> the next few weeks. A, I've been a dog bed for months. <laughs> yeah. Well, Trip um, Trip likes to cuddle, and if he decides he wants to cuddle, you don't really have a choice in the matter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter where you are, and he'll lay on top of you. <laughs> he doesn't lay beside you he'll come over if you're laying in bed he likes to lay like across your neck oh, i don't know if he's just trying to strangle me so i can't leave or yeah. what but <laughs> he likes to do that yeah. and then if you're if you're on the couch and you have one of the other dogs he'll get jealous mm. and he'll either try to get between you and the other dog or 
between you and the person you're leaning against. Yeah. So there's been many times where we've been just laying on the couch cuddling and Trip has been like, okay, this is going to be your life now. And he'll climb onto my chest. He's he's a little brat. No. Well, Dealey sort of sits. He doesn't sit in your lap. I think it's probably because of being bear-shaped. He, he, he likes to sit on the top of my sort of curve of my belly so so then he's sort of, he's sort of in your arms sort of mm-hmm. fa- face height or then sometimes he'll he'll sort of drape himself over your shoulder uh, like a like a stole or something um but uh, yeah i mean he's quite clever because he's kind of adapted to us our, and, and our shape as, uh, mm-hmm. but sometimes, or sometimes he'll sit on my shoulder like he's a parrot but if i if i sort of end up sleeping in or something he like he'll sort of storm into the room and shout at me and then turn around and walk out it's like having a uh, like living with your mother or something again. It's, it's sort of. You're still in bed. Yeah. It's only half past nine. It's a Saturday. Does it matter? <laughs> I tend to sort of stay up late editing or watching stuff, so I don't. Mm. So I think you know, it's not like I've been. Not like I went to bed at ten o'clock and I'm still in bed at half past nine. I, I went to bed at two o'clock in that. So, so it's only you know. I should have to explain to my own cat, but there you go. <laughs> that's that's the upside to having an elderly dog. Yeah. Cerberus. As long as I'm up to feed him at 7.30, he will sleep until I get out of bed. Ryan, he, he, he was nice to talk to. I'm so glad to hear it. It is a bit nerve-wracking talking to someone you've never talked to before. Yes, yes, Paul, well, uh, I'm just glad that you managed to get yourself a guest who you've not had on the show before. Oh, yes, yes, Paul, I'm glad it all went very well. It did, it did. Thanks, guys, thank you, yes. Hopefully he'll be back. Oh, that'll be good. <laughs> he'll become one of your regulars. Well, maybe, but, you know, I'm sure he's very busy. He's got three dogs for a start. Three dogs, Paul. Gosh, that must be time-consuming. And all those comics, too. Oh, oh yes. Talking about comics. Now, I, I, don't, I don't want to overstep the mark, but do you think he could get me a discount? Yeti Uncle John. I'm only asking. I, I don't know, Yeti Uncle John. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, I need to go make a cup of tea. Oh, yes, good idea, Paul. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll do it, Paul. Yes, yes, I'll get the cups out. Thanks, guys. Well, yeah, this is all very well, but, but what about my discount? Uh, hello? God, dice. No discount, then. Well, then. Oh. 
says it's starting recording. Oh, there we go. Now it's recording. It says it says. Uh, oh no, it doesn't say it this time. Sometimes it says I have to. I have to let the other person know that I'm recording the conversation. Uh, I believe it's because I'm in Canada and Canada does not have any rules against recording conversations uh, against my will. Uh, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> if you're calling sounds... someone in the United States and parts of the UK, you'd have to tell them legally. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, yeah, I was thinking actually what it usually says up there. So that will I explain it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okie dokie. Right, I'll do the first bit more. If you need to stop at any point, just let me know. I can finish it. Right, well, we'll do the next bit now. <laughs> uh, one of the first podcasts. Sorry, I just need to cough. <coughs> but, uh, I was trying to not have to cough. But <laughs> 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 it was like, no, no, no. I can go from that.